Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Hello, everyone. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back to the Readings and Ramblings podcast. We're excited to have you here with us. How are you, Shanna? I'm doing good. I am enjoying the book that we've chosen, Anna Karevna. It's it's been a roller coaster, so I'm actually I've been dying to, <laughs> for the past few days to talk about it. So I'm excited for tonight to finally have my opportunity to say what I need to say. Oh my goodness. All right, then let's go let's go straight to sharing our quotes for this. All right. <laughs> We usually share, so I don't jump the gun. <laughs> so we'll usually share. No, so no, so we can um, we can get. <laughs> so what you do you have? First? All right, I'll go first. Okay. Oh wait, who's going first? <laughs> I have my quote. Let's ready. try that again. Go? All right, go <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. All right, so I am taking mine from the Bible, from Romans seven, starting with verse fourteen. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what Mm -hmm. I hate, I do. Mm -hmm. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out for I do not do the good I want to do but the evil I do not want to do this I keep on doing now if I do what I do not want to do it is no longer I who do it but it's the sin living in me that does it so I find this law at work although I want to do good evil is right there with me For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen, man. Oh, don't you just love Paul? Paul like keeps I it do. real. I do. And it's like that's like the best way to explain the the Christian. The, the, yeah, you know, that's you know that the is nature. waiting for Christ. That's yes. waiting for Christ to return. But in the meantime, this is what's going on. You know, I feel like as you know, it's funny. He's very wordy, but mm-hmm. I feel like I could not have said it better. I think mm-hmm. I feel that so often. Where I'm just like, I want to do what is right, and I want to do what is good. Yeah. And then I don't. And I'm just like, why? Why don't I do what I want to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can totally relate. That's one of the, and um, I go to a Lutheran church, and at the beginning of the service, you know, that's one of the prayers. That's one of the things we say in our prayers, you know. It's like, um, forgive us for the things that we have 
left undone. Well, first yeah. say, forgive us for not loving you with our whole heart. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and forgive us for not loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. We, you know, and it's like, yep. um, forgive us for all the things that we left undone, you know, for the things that we know that we should do, but we don't do. So I can, that, what Paul says there, it's, it's the struggle every day, you know. And it's funny. So reading reading this book that we're reading, I know we're not supposed to get into it, but <laughs> um, you just see that these characters give into their nature constantly. Yeah. You know, it's like they give into the desires of their hearts and bodies, and they are not acting in the right manner. And it's like, so I guess with reading that, and then we um with the women's Bible study, we've been in Galatians and you know, which oh, yeah. Paul also wrote and yeah. he was talking about something. So we were referencing Romans. So last night we were reading that and I was just like, I don't know. It just hit me. Like that wasn't originally going to be my quote for this week, but after I read it, I'm like, that's my quote for this. Yeah. Week. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it would explain so much if, you know, for the non-Christian, if they really, you know, if they if they if the if their mind was open to it because then you would see that there is a real struggle going on you know but yeah well my quote is similar to oh similar in that it was something i thought of when i was um reading the reading you know reading the book also this was, this is called, this is from Stephen, Stephen Crane, The Wayfarer. And it says, the wayfarer, perceiving the pathway to truth, was struck with astonishment. It was thickly grown with weeds. Ha, he said, I see that none has passed here in a long time. Later, did he, later he saw that each weed was a singular knife. Well, he mumbled at last. Doubtless, there are other roads. <laughs> and so it's kind of like that, um, you know, the road with truth, mm -hmm. <laughs> the pathway to, to, to truth is like blocked, you know, yep. um, thickly and grown with and, weeds. And, you know? and painful. And painful. Uh, yeah, and painful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Doubtless there are other roads, you know. Yeah. Of course there are let's other roads that are it. easier. Yeah, let's <laughs> avoid that. Yeah. And so I thought about it because there was a line in, I don't remember who said it. And I think it was, oh, their names are so bad. I really should I know. find which which book. I have like three books I write in. But there was a book I wrote the, the, um, the names of the characters in. But the first guy we meet... And at the beginning, the one who had cheated on his wife, uh, Steva. Yes. Steva. I think Steva was having a conversation with Levin and he had said something like about truth. And, you know, it's easier. It's people. People don't really seek truth. The journey, the interest in the journey is not for truth. You know, it's for it's for um, I can't remember now. I did. I did. I have to find it. But it was something about truth and like. Truth is not what we're trying to seek. You know? Right. It's yeah. Like, it's pleasure. Yeah. It, it, it was something else. I was just like, okay, yeah, well, that um, that will lead you down a different path, you know, yeah. if you're not seeking, if you're not seeking truth. But anyway, it reminded me of this. This was one of the 
uh, a poem that the um, that my daughter had to write for a copy work, and I was like, I really loved it, so I put it in my commonplace book. Yeah, no, that is that. It is, and the thing is too, it just shows that like, truth is not, it's not easy, and it's definitely no. not the easiest route. <laughs> no, um, and it brings you, the reality it, to that. Yeah, and it's and it's also like what, um, what what is truth i guess but that's a whole different conversation it but it made me think about because i know this is a russian novel and in russia um they they're they're not you know christian it's most likely right. they're most they're most likely agnostic uh, not agnostic actually atheists right um okay. but i think i think tolstoy was a christian but i don't know he didn't believe well it's interesting in, yeah. we're we're not up to the same chapters i know i kind of i kind of went ahead so um but there's a whole section on kitty we get back to her story and she's in europe yep and she meets these people who are like caring for the sick and she like falls in love with them. Like I want to be like that. I want to care for the sick and the invalid. I want to read the Bible to and the people in prison, you know, and yeah. things like that. And she was like, she had never cared about religion before now. So it made it seem like she had some type of religion in her upbringing because she was like, she thought religion was sitting in like a church for hours and you know saying whatever. Yeah. And she was like, no, this is like true religion. And mm-hmm. so. Um, it gives you an idea that they were brought up with some type of religion because she references being in a church and all that, but it doesn't really give you a sense of what was the denomination or exactly what yeah. they believed. And I think like just, just in that time, like, I, I think like you can hear from how the characters speak, you know, that, um, it's interesting because there are references to like they'll once in a while throw in a reference to a Bible verse, and I've been yeah. meaning to highlight that. But it's, there, it's they'll, but they'll a say character where she goes, um, she's talking to Baronsky, and she goes, "Blessed is the peacemaker." Yeah, and, and she's she, like, and "Oh, I don't remember where that yeah, came from." Yeah, I don't know yeah, where. You know. Yeah. So, but it's like she they have these that. bits of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah, and that wasn't the only time. I can't think of when it was. It was like a couple of other times, too. Yeah. And But it was loosely said. It wasn't like, you know, like, it, again, it was like, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Like, there, like there I was had a, hints. I had that. actually Googled verses used in this book, but yeah. the Google search wasn't really very well done. And I think it's because they didn't use entire verses and the quotes were kind of like, paraphrase so yes. it didn't really give me a, like an accurate list but i did notice that as well and i was like oh i wonder like is there a list of verses that they used but not really yeah and but it was like it was always so it, it made you it made it seem like there was a hint of religion at its at, yeah. at, at its at one time but that's no longer dominant because yeah. they can't even, they can't remember that it came from the Bible, you know. Right. It's like, right. oh, it came from somewhere. This is saying, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. But I'm trying to I'm 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 being the 
the reader that's listening to trying to just listen to what you know Tolstoy is is singing right through these mm-hmm. characters and we're in part two of the story right we left off where um Anna is we know Anna and Vronsky are attracted to each other and Kitty's heartbroken I think that's where we left off because Kitty yep. Vronsky was you know pursuing Kitty and she thought she was getting a marriage proposal from him but it turned after he saw Anna that was it you know yep. and Anna yep. um so that's where we left off. So it, this book is broken up into different parts. So now we're at part two to see like what happens after after that, because Anna went home um, and now she's back in her town. And then we know we learned that Baronsky follows also. But we kind of right. get an idea. Did you notice that there's like there's like these different worlds that Anna kind of described, you know? Yeah, she um, said there's like three major worlds and she's part of all of them because of who her husband is. Which yeah. it was funny because they kept saying he was a minister. So in my mind, I was thinking he was like a pastor. But right. then then they were talking about like, oh, he had government official business or something. And I'm like, why would a pastor? So I actually looked it up and it's not... It's like a prime minister or like, yeah. you know, he's he's yeah, like a he, government he, official. Right. Exactly. Yes. So he's yes. not like a pastor. No, no, no. I'll clarify that in case anybody else also <laughs> thought, oh, wait, what is his job? Because I was so confused. I'm like, wait, what is he? So, you know, as we're going through the story, because we 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 later learn about some of the decisions that Anna's going to make. And I was trying to like I was waiting for Tolstoy to show her husband to be this, you know, this monster, you know, like this man who I think that's um, what breaks your heart is that yeah. he he doesn't think that his wife is doing anything wrong, but he's out in society and everybody keeps talking about his wife and Bronsky. And so he's just like, I need to tell her that like her reputation is being jeopardized. Like not that she's doing anything wrong, but people think she's doing something wrong. So that's just as bad. Yeah, and he addresses and- that to her, but the problem is, is that he has this idea that if he shows jealousy or any type of emotion about it, that he is, I guess, giving powers to the rumor, or that he's degrading his wife by saying you're capable of such behavior, and so he won't allow himself to go there. So he's very diplomatic in the way he speaks to her, and he's just like, you know. I don't have a problem with anything you're doing, but it just isn't appearing well. And we have to, you know, be mindful of how we appear. And he kind of just goes over the whole appearance thing and does not say, like, anything that she wanted to hear. Like, I think if if he, seeing what was going on and would have had a more passionate reaction, she might have stopped. But because... Her husband said it in the way that he said it. She was so disappointed. She has this idea of him just being this, you know, this diplomat and this bookworm. And she calls him at one point a robot. Like, he has no feelings, no real emotions, you know. And he doesn't break out of that. He's very like, okay, this is how I need to talk to you. And this is what I need to say. But he doesn't get passionate. He's not like, you're my wife. I love you. And, you know, I can't bear to see you with another man. Um, Or even just like get crazy and be like threatened to murder this guy. Nothing. Just like, and she 
I think if he had done that, it would have changed her opinion of him. But she felt justified in cheating on him because she wasn't getting what she wanted from him. And Vronsky was making her feel beautiful and alive and loved. And everything that she's been missing in her marriage, he brought to the table. And her husband doesn't do anything to step up. See, I I was looking for that. I think I think I... I think the author didn't give, I didn't see that. Really? You know, the only thing, the only thing I saw for about her husband, the first time we meet him is when she gets off the train and she's like, oh, his ears are sticking out, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, well, it, um, it gets worse as you get further into the chapter. She, she literally gets to the point where she's like disgusted, does not want to be in his presence. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with she starts focusing on all of his negative traits and that's it. And so she becomes so absorbed in like everything that he does that she hates. And he starts alienating himself from her because he knows at a certain point that she's having an affair and he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to handle it. So he just removes himself from the situation and only spends time with her for appearances. And that's it. No longer staying with her at night or anything like that. Okay. But that's at, that we find that after, right? Like we're not finding that. We didn't find that before. Our introduction to him is just that, that she was away and he actually came to the train station. Right. Um, he in the middle of the her. day to pick her, to say hello, you know, so that but was, that was our love first. He in the way she wants to be loved. She wants... No. No, this, I get that. Like, I get that. Like, but but I think she yeah. was turned. I mean, she was already turned once yeah. she met Vronsky. Meaning, yeah. like, once she, but once she thing. got off I that train. I think if her husband had tried, he if he had tried, like he, you get a sense of that day when he comes to the train station. They go home, and she says, you know, he goes into his study, and he reads till midnight, and then he comes into the bedroom. Like, you get a whole sense of their relationship, and it's like, it's kind of cold, you know, and, and lonely, where it's like he spends more time with books than he does with her, and that's like his first importance is in his office, doing his thing. And and so it's just like, you would think that he realizes I'm losing her to another man, what can I do to change? He doesn't do anything. No, I, I, no, I know that. I see, you know, we, I think that's, it seemed like that's the culture. But one of the things I noticed in reading is there's this different definition of what love is. Like for Anna, Anna didn't want to hear love, you know, yeah. like she didn't want to hear the word love. And I, it made yeah. me just wonder, again, I'm trying not to, I'm just trying to listen to the characters and, you know, I was just wondering, like, what does she feel love is, you know, and even Vronsky, you know, because at one, you know, one day he's, he's passionate about Kitty. And, you know, as, as soon as he sees Anna, he's passionate about her. Mm-hmm. And I think he thinks he loves her, mm-hmm. you know, and they talked about, you know, what marriage is like, like, you know, do you, you know, do you, you know, the best marriages are the marriage where you're married for prudence, for mm-hmm. prudence yeah. and I was like yeah. oh okay um, you know and that you know m- people aren't marrying necessarily for love they marry for you know status or for money you know mm-hmm. 
but it 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 wasn't it isn't about love so i was just trying to again i'm trying to see what he's trying to tell us but i know for it just seems like anna says to Vronsky, don't tell me about love but mm-hmm. we we know that she does fall in love but um but then you know this is but then what is love because as soon as they as soon as the the and they handled this they handled the story discreetly they handled this part discreetly so if anyone has never read it it's not like an x-rated book um or anything like that but we know that she does have an affair and as soon as they start the affair she feels shame that's the first yeah. thing that she feel is shamed when Hor- when i got her words that... were shame horror rapture yeah. i mean he even describes the author describes um Voronsky's role as like Yes, it's love, but it's like love by a murderer, you know, a murderer, yeah. how a murderer would, you know, look over the body that he's just ravished. And it is like this, this unholy love or this, this out of, out of marriage, you know, relationship. It started out and, and it's what should have been happy. Yes, here I got away, you know, we're passionate about each other, but it, it turned out to be this shame. And she's like, yep. who am I going to ask for forgiveness? But you, yep. you know, so you, you, I have to, you know, I have to stay with you. It was just so very interesting. I thought yeah, it was, um, it was such a sad section of the book because you were hoping she wouldn't let it get to that point. Yeah. And then she does. And then she can't even, she look willingly, she's she just so went. like, she realized her mistakes, but it was interesting too, because there's a section where it says, you know, what, what people, like when people looked at Vronsky, they, they found what he was doing to be, you know, normal and acceptable and even kind of like, um, like good for you, man. You know, like you're trying to conquer somebody else's wife. Like people were, they thought it was romantic and, you know, heroic and like all these words to describe it that are, like it's a good thing but then at the same time they were not looking at anna it was all like gossip and whisper of like she's having an affair outside of her marriage like everybody's talking in in a bad way about that meanwhile they're talking about him as some like you know knight on a conquest (laughs) yeah it's a different world but she and she entered that world well she was partially a part of that world when she was describing like the three parts of the three, you know, the three parts. There's the government part, you know, the government officials. Mm-hmm. That's all they talk about. And then there's the, um, you know, the little risque group. You know, the people that go out with clubs and dancing mm-hmm. and, you know, having affairs and things like that. Uh, I can't remember what the third club was. Uh, the third class of people were. And so she was a part of each one of those worlds. And she, and she. Um, but she stayed mostly in the first world, you know, before she met Vronsky, you mm-hmm. know, which was just a government world, you know, like that's the the three groups that I guess the three different classes that she was a part of. But in order to now she's decided to go after Vronsky. And so now she has to step into the risque world, you know, so she now she's now spending more time with the people who would think that this is OK, you know. Right. Because that's the kind of life they're leading. And in the, at one point, she was like her friend, Betsy. Mm-hmm. She was like, Betsy has an affair all the time. Why is this not 
because she knows about her relationship with some other man. And she's like, why is this not hard for her? You know, because yeah. she's struggling yeah. with this um, with this affair. But you know what I thought was the most interesting part um, was the son, their son. Yeah. Like she, he's like in the middle of it because I guess Voronsky, she either brings him or he comes to their house. Well, it sounds like Voronsky comes over because like I said, the husband doesn't like live really with her at all unless it's for appearance. Like they basically are always separated. So yeah, he comes to the house and the son is there and the son doesn't know what to think. Like he knows that people... That his mom is married, right? Yeah, and that they're not approving of Ronsky. So he's like, okay, so do I not like him? But then he he sees, I guess, that his mom enjoys Vronsky's company so it's just like he can't stand it and then Vronsky can't stand the son because he feels I guess like judged by this kid he senses that there's like something off and he just wishes the kid would go away he says he actually says that he has like hatred towards this child which is horrible that he feels so strongly about this kid because he feels uncomfortable in his presence yeah. Oh my goodness. And then it's weird too because the boy, I forget what his name is. He has a weird name. His father yeah. stops loving him. Yes. Which yes. I don't understand I that. Like, since, I was trying to wonder. I put a little question mark to myself. What does the son represent? Yeah. I don't have the answer to that yet. But, and then, you know. and then when Vronsky says, you know, leave your husband. You don't love him. Let's be together. You know, we'll just, you know, we don't need to pretend anymore. And she can't, and she doesn't tell him why, but it's because of her son. She can't yeah. do this to her son. She loves her son. And it's like, yeah, it's interesting. He's an interesting piece to all of it. But you know, what's interesting too, when she first came off, when she first came back home after, after meeting Baronsky for the first time, and she's now feeling these feelings. Now her son is not as, uh, one of the things she said was she, like he was just plain, you know, like right, she was seeing her son. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I don't know. Uh, again, I'm trying to see, I'm not trying to, um, I'm just trying to see where he's taking us with this story. But it's interesting uh, too, as I read through it, you know, I think Vronsky's a terrible person. I mean, the way he treated and discarded of Kitty, like yes. she was his entertainment for the moment. And then something better came along and he drops Absolutely. her. Absolutely. And then he, he pursues this married woman until he can get her to have an affair. And he really wore her down. It wasn't like this was like something that happened quickly. He was really working at it because at one point they're together and they have a conversation and he's like telling her how he loves her and he's and she's like don't say love to me and then he's like well then tell me to go away and she's like i can't do that no. and he goes home that night feeling like okay i've made progress for the first time in months with her like that's what yeah. he says to himself and it's like this conquest that he's on and you just find the whole thing really disgusting because you're just like what are you doing like you're ruining things in this family and then you know he he then tells her like oh just leave your husband like it's fine we'll be together and she's just like well like and she knows there's no security in that like she has some idea that if she just leaves her husband who it's really sad because she's having this affair and everything he comes and he's like oh i need to give you money you know it's like her husband is still financially supporting her while she's living this lifestyle which is really just so sad 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like, you know, Vronsky's not giving her money to live off of, you know, and it's like, yeah. so she's going to drop all that to go off with him, you know, and then what about her son? Neither yeah. of these men seem to like her son. What would happen to him? So it's just, you know, so it's hard to like him. And then you have Anna Karenina, Karenina which you're like, I get how it happened to her. Like, I understand mm-hmm. it. You know, she was in this marriage where she felt lonely and unloved and bored with her life. And something exciting happens. And mm-hmm. somebody loves her. And it's, you know, passionate. And, you know, she she was trying to keep it at bay and, you know, and got caught up in it. So you can see how it can happen, but you just kind of don't like her because you're like, how could you not put your husband and your child first? Like, how did you let it get to this point? So it's hard to like her. And then you have this husband who I just really feel like the way he handled things, like, I I don't know. I think he just should have been more masculine in the whole thing. You know, he's just... The way he addresses her is like, oh, you shouldn't do this. It makes us look bad. Like, what does this have to do with appearance? Your wife is ha- going to have an affair and you're worried about appearance. And then when when he's positive that this is what's going on, he doesn't want to think about it. He wants to have it removed from his mind. So he removes himself from the situation. That's how he deals with it. And it's like, okay, so you're just going to allow it to happen. As long as you don't have to see it or hear it, you're like, I'm okay. Yeah. And that to me, it's like, it's hard to like and respect him. So I'm really, all these characters are just like, <laughs> get your life but together. But you know, you know who I like. But I'm though. invested. I'm invested, yeah. so. Well, you know what the contrast is? Because, uh, you know, he goes, he switches from, he switches characters throughout yeah, the chapters. The, the city so mouse Levin. and the country mouse. <laughs> yeah, but actually you have Levin. I like Levin, actually. Yeah. He is a, you know, he seems like a... Like he, he's, he's, he's looking for love. He's looking yeah. and not just for love. He's looking for marriage. He's looking he for family. Yeah. Um, when he came back, he said he was so glad to, um, like that after the kitty scandal that he was, you know, um, you know, that he could still say he has his purity and, and not shame, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that means that he, you know, does that mean that he, is a virgin or does that mean that he is um you know he's not going after just women like all the men around him seems like you know they that's what they do just yeah you know just date different women even if they're married it just seems like that is the norm of their of the time and so i don't know if that's what he meant by purity and no shame even though out of all of them he's the single one (laughs) yeah yeah anyway he um he still loves Kitty, we know. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we see his life is simple, you know. It's just like caring for his farm. He understands the farm life and business, you know, even when, um, what's his name, Steve-O made a business sale with some guy and he didn't really, he's just happy to get the money. But um, Levin was kind of like, well, you know, I could have, I wish you'd have told me because I could have showed you how to get a better deal. Like he understands, I don't know, there's something about him that's honest that's the one thing like that he's not caring me, about the frivolous stuff the one thing that bothered me about him was and maybe it was just because of who they were talking about but steve talks about um vronsky and says mm-hmm. you know well he has money and position and you know uh a career 
And Levin gets really mad because he was just like, you know, that doesn't give you class. Like, you know, he was like, I was born into a family who had money and we do everything we can to keep our money. Like he was almost like, I'm old money. This guy's new money. And because of that, we're on totally different class. We're in different classes, different levels, you know, and he's like talking down about him. And I just thought, that's a really weird way to look at things. And I know, obviously, culturally, things are different. But it was just kind of like coming from him, I was disappointed because he seemed to have a better, I don't know, I felt like idea of how society worked. And then for him to say that, and I was like, was it just because he was so mad at Vronsky that he wanted a way to put him down? Or was that his true feelings about how class should work, about how this guy should be, you know, beneath him because he comes from money and he did, you know, he had to make his own. I don't know. I That's a good point. I think as we learn more about him, hopefully we'll be able to understand him. I'm more inclined to lean to that, that he kind of understands that kind of guy, you know, the new money type of guy Yeah. The, that, that is a little bit different than, you know, he did come from a hard, they did earn the, they did earn the money that they, right. that they have, you know, and not to say that, I don't know if you look at and the he life. does work hard to keep it because, you know, he has to get all the farming done at a certain time and he's breeding cows yeah. and like all of these things are important. And that is how he keeps his money. And because of him, you know, he's constantly hiring. Actually, it sounds like he wants to hire more people than are able to find. You know, he's like, yeah. you know, we need this many. And he was like, we're lucky if we can get 40 people. He's like, we only had 38 last month or whatever. And he yeah. was like, these people don't show up for work. And, you know, and, and I don't know if it's that country lifestyle where everyone's just more laid back and like they show up if they feel like it. Or was it just there wasn't a lot of people, people who in wanted, that area that yeah, I, yeah i don't know i wasn't really sure why he couldn't find workers to work his farm but that was interesting i liked that he also wanted to take care of his brother his half brother or was it is it his is it his brother or his half i think it's his brother his brother right the yeah. other the other guys that um begins with an s stefanitz or something i think he's the yeah. half brother but yeah. yeah, he that he's um, he's invited his half brother to come and stay with him. But so far, you know, I don't he's not perfect, but I think he is definitely on a different um, not following the traditional type of 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 man that so far that we've seen, you know, for right. the other men that we've encountered in the story. But I have to say this about Tolstoy, um, if I'm saying his name right. He wrote this lovely section that I just wanted to read, Shanna. I don't know if you remember this section, but when you listen to his words, I was like, wow. I had to read it a few times because I was like, he's really good. Like as an author, just kind of yeah. putting these words together. It was a section where he was describing spring. This was like when he was talking about Levin. Oh, yeah. And he was like, spring was slow in unfolding. For the last few weeks, it had been steady, fine, frosty weather. In the daytime, it thawed in the sun, but at night, there was even seven degrees of frost. There was such a frozen surface on the snow that <laughs> I clicked on it and it went away. There was such a, a frozen surface on the snow that they drove the wagons anywhere off the road. Easter came in the snow. Then all of a sudden, on an Easter Monday, a warm wind sprang up. Storms, Storm clouds swooped down, and for three days and three nights, the warm driving rain fell in the streams 
On Thursday, the wind dropped in a thick gray fog, brooded over the land as though hiding the mysteries of the transformations that were being wrought in nature. Behind the fog, there was the flowing of water, the cracking and floating of ice, the swift rush of turbid, foaming torrents. And on the following Monday in the evening, the fog parted, the storm clouds split up into little curling crests of clouds, the skies cleared, and the real spring had come. I thought it was such, I don't know, I just mm-hmm. thought it was just yeah. so lovely, like it's how like he poetic, kind of put it yeah. together. Yeah. And the fact that he would include that. It's like, yep. you know, you feel like there's this new beginning maybe coming for Levin. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, at this point, we don't know yet what's Levin's story because after that, we he's know a that very Steve descriptive Bob. writer. There's so many instances where he'll get into details about something where you can yeah. completely picture exactly what he's talking yes, about. Yes, because like, he just it says it so lovely. Yeah. yeah, he spends a lot of time. I feel like developing scenery and background and even the culture. You know, he's there. You go off on these tangents or conversations, and you're just kind of like, this doesn't have anything to do really with what we're trying to get at but it gives you such a like a better sense of how things were during that time and even that whole section on Levin really nothing was going on but you got a better sense of like Levin and the people he worked with and worked for and and the frustrations of being you know a landowner during this time and the different you know they didn't but, move the corn in time and there was mold growing and they ran over the patch and then the clover got messed up. And, you know, like just different things where you're like, I, I gave you a better idea of who these people were. But I, I wonder if he wrote it also to show like a contrast between, you know, like when he when he was talking about Levin, like exactly what you just said, like he's explaining, you know, that country life. But when he's talking about Vronsky and Anna you know, their mm-hmm. life is just dinner and, and the a party and, and they're at the play yeah, and they're, and the opera, you know, they're sneaking and off. And they're all or... talking and they're all talking <laughs> about this French actress and, and the lady's like, please, yeah. nobody else bring her up. Everyone's talking about her. There's nothing yes. left to say about her. And their days yeah. are so yep. different. It's a, it is a, it's maybe, like nonsense. Yeah. Yes. It's like, maybe that's, again, it's just like, what is he trying to show us? So. I did mm-hmm. notice that contrast between and then you like have his Steve life o- is real. Like Levin's life feels real. It feels full, you know, yeah. it feels and then you have Steve come and visit and it talks about the meal they eat. It was like basic foods, you know, and it wasn't the fancy stuff that this guy likes to eat. And yeah. he was just like, everything tastes so amazing, you know, and he's like, yeah. Oh, something about the country that just gives you an appetite. And like, yes. you know, it's just like, you can just picture the fresh air and like the food is like fresh because it's, you know grown it's right like there a, and yeah it's like a real everything there is real where the yeah. world that they're living in is false and you know yeah. it's very it's all for show it's for show exactly where his world is not for his world is a real tangible you know um world and it was interesting one of the things i thought was very funny was Voronsky when he was like he doesn't like being deceitful and he's just like you know because yeah. you know now that he and anna are sneaking around he's like you know it's so unlike him to be deceitful it just goes against his nature it's just like oh my goodness oh Voronsky, Voronsky, Voronsky. yeah um should we we can mention that um anna's pregnant right yeah, I guess yeah. I wasn't sure. Is that a complete spoiler alert? But yep, yep, she's carrying Vronsky's baby. Yeah, and so that's one of the reasons why he's pushing her to um, 
he's pushing her to, you know, to leave her husband. Yeah. And it's interesting because remember, Vronsky is also in previous, we learned from him that he's not interested in marriage, you know, like he doesn't believe in, he doesn't believe in marriage. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see where this is going because. Yeah. What is she going to do? What is, what is he offering her? You know, he's yeah. like, I'm just what I'm looking for because he's he doesn't believe in in marriage, and you know, you should just be at your whim. And I yeah. don't know, Anna. We don't. Uh, do we know how old Anna is? But sometimes I don't think it, it gives you an age on her. Yeah, I I I know she's older than Kitty because Kitty looks up to her, right? And yeah. Kitty's like early. So I kind of pictured. Well, I thought Maybe like Kitty late twenties. I thought Kitty was like 18, 19, like, cause she was just coming out into society. Right. Um, so I thought maybe Anna was like in her mid to late twenties. Oh, I was thinking maybe late twenties, thirties, but I, okay. I don't know. They never really say, yeah. um, for, for her age, but, uh, Anna seems also naive too, you know, because she's in these different worlds and, Again, she sees what type of man Vronsky is. So t- I think it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to to see that she would fall for him. A man mm-hmm. that was just passionately, you know, um, in love with Kitty. And Kitty Kitty thinks she's getting a marriage proposal. And she, she, she tells that to Anna, right? Because she actually mm-hmm. told her. I, I don't know if she told her she turned down Levin's proposal, but... You know, she has this impression that Vronsky is going to marry her because of all the attention that he's been giving her. Yeah. And he doesn't. And, you know, so it's like, I don't know, there's like these these warnings for Anna that's there. You know, this their world, the world that she had to enter in again, because she had to go into the world, you know, of Count Betsy, you know, that loose world they where they all they talk about it all the time they're not into marriage and you know yeah this structure of life you know this structure yeah. and and so for her to to enter into this world thinking what you know that she was going to get what from him was it just mm-hmm. passion and that was it like i guess she was trying to live like the men i guess she she was yeah. no different than her brother no you know, remember no, at the beginning exactly. of the story she yep. had to go she yep. went to go console her, you know, her sister-in-law, but she acted just as her brother, yep. you know, cheating on his, uh, cheating on his uh, wife. Uh, so she's trying to play the game, but she can't, you know, because her heart is in it now, you know, like these men there, it seems like these men, it's, it's no big deal because this is their ideal. They've thought about it, you know, um, you know, we don't like this structure of marriage of, you know, anything that's going to hold you back or, you know, prevent you from being this, you know, constrict your life or anything like that. So of course they're not religious. You're not going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, ha- have a God that's going to tell you what to do and how to right. live your life, you know? And so I wonder is, is, is Anna naive or is she, you know, like what is, what are we to think of Anna? You know, because the book is called Anna. Like, he could have called it anything. He could have called it yeah. like, The Happenings of Russia, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he starts, off, he starts off the book talking about how, you know, happy people's lives all look the same. It's the unhappy ones that live differently. 
and yeah. that's like his opening and so i just really feel like we're getting a glimpse at all these people who aren't happy but for different reasons you know you have steven o who's you know he's not happy being with his wife he's also not happy making his wife unhappy so he just lives in a constant state of not really feeling happy as much as he tries to like buy more things and live more luxurious life in order to like try and fulfill himself he's never feeling fulfilled and then you have levin who has this idea you know who his parents were they were this happily married couple who ran this farm and and he wants that but he cannot make it happen because he cannot find the person to fill that position and that's all he dreams about and so he's not happy even though he has money and position and property and everything you need during that time yeah. And then you have Anna, who, from the outside, looked like she had a perfect life, but she destroyed it. And now she's constantly living in a state of the, what do I do? You know, she yeah. can't be happy and content because she doesn't know what to do. No. Um, and then Vronsky wants Anna all to himself. But it can't happen because of who she is. You know, he did not pick the right person. That's not someone that's going to make a good mistress. So, you know, so he can't be happy in that. He's constantly, you know, and she'll go days without seeing him because she's dealing with her own shame and embarrassment. She goes through these things and he's just like, I can't go another day without seeing her. When is she going to call for me? And like, that's how he's living his life is like waiting for her to say, yes, you can come over, you know, or trying to find an excuse or reason to see her. And, um, And it's just a weird way to live. And then you have Kitty, who cannot get over the shame and embarrassment of what happened with Vronsky. And she's living, you know. Literally made herself sick. Yeah, she's like depressed and miserable and uh, cannot seem to get over it. And as as you go on in the chapter, it's kind of almost like she's swearing off men and becoming almost like a nun. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because she's just like, I don't know, she can't move past the sh- the embarrassment that she feels when she thinks of that whole situation yeah i i a lot of unhappy yeah, lives a lot of unhappy lives you know i was thinking about how you know sometimes um you know what when we look at what marriage is why god instituted marriage you know and then you and then you look at those who rebel against marriage Mm-hmm. And, you know, because they want freedom, but, but it right. doesn't seem like, but I, I think as we're looking at this story that, that is it freedom? Cause I don't think that no. Anna, Anna doesn't feel free. No. Um, Voronsky doesn't feel free cause he can't really no. have what he want, you know, no. <laughs> you know, I don't think there is any freedom, like, but that's what it is where we, we want to be loose. Or this, you know, there's we, there's no. I don't want it to have. They don't want to have anyone to tell them what, you know, to be married or what a marriage should be or what a relationship should look like. So, I, again, I'm I'm curious to see where he's taking this because I always, I, I am, always like <laughs> I am so I am really into this book. I I love the way he writes and I've really been enjoying it. You know, just because I am frustrated with the characters, I think just goes to show that 
he's a good writer. Yeah. I'm having emotion <laughs> and feeling. Emotional I don't know reaction. if that's the emotion and feelings that he was hoping for, but that's how I'm feeling. So I guess that's good. <laughs> I was going guess... to call you the other day and just be like, ah! but you know, What's wrong with these people. Yeah. I just need to talk to them for a minute. They need to get it together. Cause I really just felt like, the story is not going to have a happy ending. We're going way off course here. <laughs> Things are not going to work out. At I one point, I'm trying myself. to plan. I, I'm trying to plan their deaths. I'm like, okay, so if Vronsky dies, maybe <laughs> Anna can work it out with her husband, or maybe her husband should die because he said he wasn't feeling well. I was like, and then she can be with Vronsky. You know, like I'm trying to plan these people's deaths to try and fix this mess. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> You know what I have to keep reminding myself? This is not a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> and also I'm not the author and I can't make these decisions on how to fix oh, this mess. Oh, you know, it's like, um, and I, I'm hoping Levin is the, well, maybe I think Levin is the one that'll, um, he is, he's showing the other side. Cause you know, like even with Jane Austen, when she, she's showing you to just like in, um, mansfield park you know we can see the different decisions that each of the the women have to make and yeah you know we get to see you know both sides and and you know and then there's always that person that's that mirror of doing the right thing you know and yeah. so i'm like maybe levin is that showing still, his life as the contrast that like levin and kitty are going to get together but it does not seem to be happening i mean levin <laughs> finds out that kitty is sick and he's not like, oh, let me go to her. Yeah, he I was just, expecting him to be He like just that. becomes more angry with Vronsky, and he's just so annoyed at the whole situation. And I'm just like, I really thought that as soon as Stephen O got there, I'm like, okay, he's going to tell him what's going on, and he's going to run to her side. That did not happen. It doesn't I... look like it's going to happen. And then you go on to Kitty's story, and she's just like, basically has like a whole like i want to become a missionary woman like has a whole other <laughs> idea of what she's doing with her life and you're like wait what about Levin? i thought i thought about 11 too like how come he didn't just just get on the next cart i was gonna say plane but get on the next train or cart yeah to, you know to go see her but maybe he remember he did she did turn him down so just because right, he's you know, embarrassed about the whole yeah, situation also he, like yeah. maybe just because she lost Vronsky doesn't necessarily mean that she'll still want him and that would be two rejections so maybe mm-hmm. i'm because I, I thought well because i said i was like hey how come he's not why is he down i'd be like yay she's free again but no yeah. i was like it didn't tell us that but i'm i i suspecting and maybe they'll, they'll tell us later on i mean in my mind he should have went there and been like Okay, I'm not going to bring up anything from the past. I'm just here as a friend, you know, like work your way into the situation. That's how it works, right? But no, he's just like going to sit there stewing See, about Shanna, it. See, Levin didn't know to call you. <laughs> you could have set him on the right I could have matched this thing up, you know, have lots of plans. <laughs> so we're going to stop here then and we will... Um see what happens we'll finish up in part, part two, three in, in part yeah. three so we're gonna so i'll go list i'll complete part three but maybe maybe we'll start i'm rooting for 11 i think if there's anything yeah. that's that's only really good that's gonna come force. out of this yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know what you're gonna do once you have an affair and now there's a baby involved that's not your husband's that is a I don't know. How do you come I know. I'm like, that? is she going to try and pass it off as her husband? Is she going to hide the baby? Like, right? what is going like, to happen? Is, yeah, yeah, I was wondering. And then 
I thought, you know, it was a weird chapter when um, Vronsky, how Vronsky loved his horse and like this yeah. relationship with yeah. his horse. But I wonder if that was a foreshadowing. Because remember his horse, like in the middle of the race, his horse collapsed and, you know, that fell was down. So sad. I could that not handle like... that. And then he kicks it. I was like, I, I was so emotionally moved by that chapter. I was like, what is wrong with you? You broke your horse and then you kick it. And then they're like, we're going to have to shoot it. I'm like. I couldn't. It was too That's much. Not, did it, but wait, it was too did, much. I was thinking. I was thinking that was a weird chapter to put in. So I was like, is that like a foreshadowing? Because you know, like he like really loved his horse the way yeah. I talked about yeah. him. He was like obsessed and with this horse. It, and I'm like thinking, is Anna a Fufu. representative of Fru Fru? <laughs> was like a, such yeah. a weird name. <laughs> I know. I was like Fru Fru. Who names an animal Fru Fru? Like I feel like that's the, yeah. I know. Like he's this manly man, and it's like and I'm riding on my horse Fru Fru. Meanwhile, the other horse's name is like Gladiator or whatever. Like that's a manly name. You named your horse Fru Fru? <laughs> That's like what a three year old girl would name their horse. Like, Fru-fru. Maybe Fru Fru means something different in Russia. <laughs> oh, I the name oh my goodness. But I was like, huh, I wrote down foreshadow, horse yeah. race foreshadow, because I'm like, why did they put that. that in there? Yeah, I didn't even think and of that. And then look how he kicked it. I'm like, oh my goodness, uh. he's going to dump Anna, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, like, she's gonna be left is. with this. She's baby. gonna be like Fru Fru. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we shall see what happens in part three. Uh, I can't uh, wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm is gonna go for broke. I know. I know. It's so hard. I get like ah. Okay, one more chapter. All right, one more chapter. That did not give me enough insight. One more chapter, you know. And then you're like practically finish it. <laughs> And see, what's bad is that, you know, there's, I, I forget how many parts there are. So what, however, a part, the part ends, you're like wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Hold on. Slow down. Slow I down. I am trying. I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we will do part three next week. Yes. And, um. We thank you so for listening. keep reading with us. Keep reading. And, uh, or if you haven't started, I hope you will maybe take a chance in reading it because it's actually a good book so far and i hope we didn't ruin it by giving away like all the ah moments, oh but. true sorry <laughs> <laughs> should have said spoiler spoiler <laughs> but listen we're reading it we're saying what chapters and what parts we're up to so you know that's we're gonna true. talk about it so yep that is true sorry so, that's on you <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, so have a good night have a wonderful night and we'll see you next time bye Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.